This is Tani Talks Radio, the year where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Everybody should be happy, healthy, and safe, of course. This year is dedicated in the memory of the thousand, the thousands murdered, really 1,400 at this point, some say 1,500 at this point, of the people in Eretz Yisrael here in October 2023. It's dedicated in the memory of those Kedoshim. It's also dedicated on behalf of the many, many, many in captivity. Now it's already at 200 at this point. And also for the dedication that they should have a complete salvation, Yeshua, in a safe, happy, healthy way. Also dedicated in the memory of the Rafua Shlem of the thousands wounded throughout Israel in the Tzahal and out, the victims all around, and also the tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people fighting on our behalf in Eretz Yisrael and Israel. There should be a complete Yeshua, a complete Rafua. It should be that Hashem should let everyone be Matzliach, and it should be leading to the ultimate redemption where Mashiach comes and saves all of us, bringing in a peaceful, prosperous, wonderful, wonderful time period for all of us with the coming of the base of English speedily in our days. I was reading these different things. You know, we're not supposed to look only for the Segulas, but it's very fascinating how it's called Mar Cheshvan. Right now we're in Cheshvan. Cheshvan is called Mar because it doesn't have the holidays. We came from all those holidays, a, a very jam-packed month we have in Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, then Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot. And then after that, you know, everybody gets very sad because it's no holidays, Mar Cheshvan. So people talk about how Cheshvan would be one of, what a wonderful month for a Geula to happen, the complete Geula. The wonderful goal of coming Mashiach would be the most fantastic thing. And I read another thing, how in the past Shlomo HaMelech wanted to dedicate the base of Migdash, the first base of Migdash in Cheshvan, and Hashem had him push it off till the following Tishrei, almost a year later. And Cheshvan was upset. And what did Cheshvan tell? So Hashem said, maybe on some level we can have it. Or some say that maybe on some level Cheshvan can have it. We should be zochah that that's the case. But even if Hashem doesn't allow Mashiach in the third base of Migdash, there should be complete Yeshua Geula for all those fighting, for all those injured, for all those sick. And for all those who are murdered, they should have Hashem Yukom Damam, all of them, all over the place, and we should only know from good things now and always. And as I was thinking about this very difficult time period, this eight Sarah that we're having, this very, very intense period we're having, especially in Israel and beyond, it's very easy for a lot of the world, a lot of people to focus on the negative. It's very easy to think about the sad aspects, it's very easy to focus on all that's lost, all that's injured, and all that was taken away from us. The 1,500 people that were killed by last count, by different counts, some counts say 1,400, but it's way, way above a 1,000. All the people who are injured, all the people in captivity, there's a lot, a lot of sadness, and there's a lot, a lot of negativity. But I think it behooves us to actually focus on the positive. And in this shear, not only do I want to talk about the aspect of what a candle itself represents, I want to talk about the aspect of goodness, of what we could represent as a Jewish people. There's a fascinating, fascinating WhatsApp group that I joined that is just for that purpose. It's called the Israel Good News Group. They have Aleph, Bed, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Vav now. They have six groups. Come join it. It is probably one of the best WhatsApp groups I've ever joined in my entire life. It focuses on the good. Focuses on the wonderfulness. It was started by a former West Hampstead, a, first, a former person from Long Island. And it is a wonderful group. It focuses on really nice stuff, you know, making tzitzes, making tefillin, you know, doing davening, learning, singing, dancing, making care packages, such beautiful, beautiful things. And when we think about a candle, 
when we think about the light, when we think about the neshama itself, that's really what a candle represents because the major, major quote we think about when we hear a candle is that one candle can banish the darkness. You know, Hamas Yimach Shemam, Chazbala Yimach Shemam, ISIS Yimach Shemam, all these terrible, terrible organizations. And don't call them militants, don't call them armies. They're just pure terrorist organizations, nothing good about them. They want to destroy people. They want to kill people in, in horrific, barbaric manners, not humane, literally animals, ways that they go about things. And they want to tear us down. What's interesting What's fascinating is the Klausel, the Am Yisrael, the Jewish response. They wanted to tear us down. And look at what a beautiful response there was. Mika Amcha Yisrael, what kind of a beautiful nation we have. What the response was when people heard right after Simchas Torah for us, you know, which was a little later than by them, obviously. You know, my wife and I weren't even around. We were in the hospital. Our kid was was uh, sick with very high fever, and I only heard it offhandedly from a random guy in a stairwell telling me, "I feel for you, man. Did you he- I, I you feel?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Don't you know? I feel for your people." And I'm like, getting nervous. I'm like, "What is he talking about?" And then he told me, "We were flabbergasted. Couldn't check the news. Couldn't even know what's going on until much, much later." But then everybody found out, and the f- immediate response, the immediate beautiful response, like a candle showing the light, the Jewish people shone forth and came together in a beautiful way, which I don't think I've ever seen before in such an extent. I mean, they always come together after tragedy. We should never know from such things. But to this extent, it's beautiful, beautiful. They wanted to tear us down, but all they really did was make us more unified than ever. Yes, there was some dividedness beforehand, difference of opinion about different things, but deep down... Now we see, call Yisrael Avrevim Zelazez, the Gemara teaches us, each one of us are culpable, liable, and connected to one another. We're like one organism, one person, as if with different limbs, but all connected to the same source. Just like you wouldn't chop off the right arm, God forbid, because you were upset at it. You know, you wouldn't chop off your left arm because you're upset at it. We're all one organism, so Baruch Hashem, when, when, this kind of a thing happened. Terrible, 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 tragic thing, devastating thing, barbaric things. But look at the response. Look at the light. Look at the kindness and look at the unity. I've seen such beautiful reports of amazing acts of chesed. I could highlight them for hours. But for example, a guy shows up in, in, in uh, JFK airport. I'm sure you heard this. And it's not even a, a secular guy, not a Chiloni guy. Literally, it, the report was that he was a Haredi guy, which is very fascinating. And he says, I want to pay for everyone who's going to go back to Israel. Every reservist, everyone called up. There was 300,000 people called from, you know, reserve, Miluim, not even actively serving people. And he says, I want to pay as many people as I can with this $500,000 credit card for as many flights as I could do. Supposedly, he paid for 250 people. Isn't that amazing? 250 people he sent to Israel. Another guy, a famous philanthropist in Israel, buys out 600 rooms or something like that in one of the Jerusalem hotels. Not the cheapest hotel, a beautiful hotel. I want to care for 600 families from the south who were displaced from the south due to the evacuations from the community, the devastation from the community. And now another guy came in and they bought up like half of the hotels in Israel, it sounds like they bought up in order to have people who were displaced to have a place to eat and sleep. And it wasn't enough that they got them, you know, a room with a board with a, with a place to sleep. They had hot meals, three hot meals set up a day that was taken care of. And, and reports say that when these people showed up, there was diapers, there was formula, there was clothing, and there was electronics. So not only do they get... 
to have room and board, thank God, taken care of by these beautiful, beautiful tzaddikim. But also, even the other things that you wouldn't even think of. You know, young families with young kids, they had to leave everything behind. Some people showed up, I heard there was one family of like 18 members, maybe cousins and whatnot, showed up with nothing but one single bag of personal belongings and the guy took him took them on a personal shopping spree to get the basics for them so as we sit and we think about the devastation we could also think about the beautiful beautiful light and that's what a candle is a neshama is the light that Hashem gives to us a neshama, a neshama is supposed to shine forth and I think even with the amount of darkness we have it behooves us to think about what a candle what a person what a neshama really can do to shine forth and show another report was that there's 150 orthodox women in the back of a random shetel store in Yerushalayim who are taking care they're called the iron woman or the iron ladies or something like that the iron iron something and they are finding how they could take care of people who are displaced and misplaced people who need food people who need shelter people who need this and that and they're organizing they're courting themselves full time round the clock to do so we know about the tzitzes there were like 7,000 and then 20,000 now they want 50,000 tzitzes to be given to chayalim who never wore it before or don't have it and tefillin initiative giving tefillin to the chayalim beautiful beautiful initiatives beautiful things and our school just sponsored 20,000 gemaras 20,000 Kedushin were up to, you know, Dafyomi Kedushin. They printed it in Hebrew, the last 20 Dafim, because we're going to finish, God willing, in the next couple of weeks. And they also put in a Mishaberach, and they put in some Tehillim. How smart, how wonderful, how clutch to think of such a thing at such a time. What can I do? What can we do? Is really the Jewish response. And our school also sponsored that Tehillim is free on the app. The other day I saw that, and they went and they gave out these Tehillim. And to see the pictures of the, the Chayalim who are actually energetic and positive even in the face of such barbarism such barbarism barber whatever the work is it's beautiful and it's enlightening and to see the pictures and learning the the dafyomi while literally in uniform on watch crazy beautiful and amazing so you could think about the darkness you could think about the devastation but i be i i really implore you to join a group like this this beautiful, beautiful thing, Israel Good News Group Aleph. It is such a nice thing, such a nice initiative, and you should find how to join such a group. It is fantastic. They have four groups. They have a community. You could join at chat.whatsapp.com slash J-M-U-D-C-1-L-I-V-Z-H-D-6-Q. L-L-J-I-D-J-T-X. Very hard to remember that if you want to join it. Send me a message. I'll send you the link. Maximum tee seven at gmail dot com. Maximum seven. Maximum tee seven at gmail dot com. It is such a good news at group, and I literally smile every time I open that group, and I say Mik Amchisrael Mamish Mik Amchisrael. Sparks of a Nation is a great group, also, and they're showing wonderful news throughout. Besides for the round-the-clock Tehillim, round-the-clock davening, round-the-clock rallies, and wonderful things that we've seen. Beautiful, beautiful things, and this should all be Zoha for us to be a real Geula Shlema Bimhera Bimeno Amen. We should only know good things. So when we think about the Neshama, we think about the goodness, we think about the fact that in this life we're supposed to bring lightness, we're supposed to bring the candle to the forefront, because a lot of times throughout history the world is a very, very dark place. Have you ever heard the phrase that one light can banish the darkness, it for sure is true. Did you ever hear about the exhibition in Yad Vashem Lahavdal that gets reflected all around in different mirrors around the person? It's in the children's memorial at Yad Vashem. One candle is reflected in mirrors as its light 
is shed all around you. I think they say that you could see like the millions of reflections of it to powerfully demonstrate how many people were lost. The power of even one candle is fascinating. The power of one neshama, one person is fascinating. Literally one person sponsoring 250 people to come. LL had one flight coming from Tokyo through Dubai or something like that. I read also today and so many tens and tens of people wanted to come. You know, the news talks about all the people that want to leave Israel. But they don't always talk about the people that wanted to come back to Israel. Even Fox News reported this beautiful initiative, just one thing, just one chesed, just one thing you could take upon yourself for the benefit of the chayalim, benefit of those in captivity to be released, and to be benefit those who need a refush leman. Even Fox News reported about that. But this great story of this plane that was leaving Tokyo, and these many, many people wanted to come on, so much so that... Elal didn't really have room. They filled up every single seat for people that were like out touring. You know, after the army time, a lot of people go touring throughout Europe to, to you know, go on a, a last hurrah to find themselves. And there were people all over, and they they come to Tokyo and they want to get on the flight. They all show up. Tens of tens of people want to show up, and a plane could fit how many people? A couple of hundred, right? Every seat is filled up, and then. All these other people are very sad, like maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 people still want to make it, but the, the seat is, the, the flight is full, so what does El Al do? They say all the cabin members, we're going to give up our seats, especially the, for the women soldiers who want to come back, who are finishing their service, they give up another 20 seats for the El Al people. El Al doesn't stop there, they say, Let's see who else we could fit. Anyone else who wants to come on, you're welcome to sit in the cabin. You're welcome to sit by the fridge. You're welcome to sit by the storage cab- cubbies and the cubicles. And they end up fitting like another few tens of people that it's maxed out. And nobody complains. They're all just desperate to get back to Israel, to go back to Eretz Yisrael, to go back to protecting our land and our people. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Also, the picture shows like five guys sprawled out on top of each other, passed out just because they want to get back to Israel. And the crew members went around to make sure everybody was safe, happy, uh, and secure for the whole flight. Mika Amcha Yisrael, beautiful, beautiful things. A lot of people obviously want to get get back to their families or their jobs if they don't live in Israel, but it's amazing how many people want to get back to Israel. Go back to Israel. I heard a rumor that there's like 70% of uh, people want to go make Aliyah more now because of the situation. You think people want to flee? People actually want to flee back to the Holy Land, to the motherland, to the wonderful land. So it's interesting to think of the power of one person, the power of one neshama, the power of one light. One candle, one person is truly amazing. We run through the holidays and we think about the fact that each holiday has a candle. Each holiday has it. Every Shabbos has a candle. Of course, my favorite holiday, Hanukkah in a couple of months, also has the candles each night. But why do we light the candles to signify the start of the holidays, to signify the start, start of the Shabbos? What's the point? What feelings are the candles supposed to give? For me, personally, when my wife lights our candles in our house, every Shabbos, every Yom Tov, I feel a metaphorical feeling, almost like a blue invisible light permeating the house, like it traverses the house to bring in the calm and the wonders of the Shabbos or the holiday with its peace and calm. No matter how crazy the day, and I'll tell you, it's always crazy, whether it's Shabbos or Yom Tov, it's always, always crazy, no matter what. If Shabbos starts at 4.10, like deep into December, or if it starts at uh, 7.11, deep into the summer, it always is crazy busy, no matter what. But even if you're rushing to the last minute, which happens for many people, when the candles are lit, at least for me, I feel a sense of common peace permeate the home when those lights are lit. I feel the presence of that metaphorical, invisible blue light traveling throughout the home.
And it's interesting that also two different things I saw also in the past week of how at the point when there was 1350 people who passed, they, they had these beautiful Yiskralites arranged in a number 1350 at the coastal to memorialize those people. I saw there was another beautiful ring of fire basically in Tel Aviv around a beautiful pool of candles also lit and then i saw another one where there were lights for the air force where the where people put a toda and different lights in different candle formation as well because candles have a powerful aspect to them it could bring the peace and calm but it could also memorialize people could remember people why do you think when we have yisker on the holidays we light a yisker candle ner hashem nishmasadim chafes kol chadrevatin ki ner mitzvah v'torah or ner is connected to the neshama in some aspect it's connected to the person it, it has a reminiscent of those people there's a fundamental purpose as well to the candles it brings shalom bias to the home Lighting the candles on Shabbos especially signifies two aspects of Shabbos, remembering and honoring the Shabbos, Zohar v'Shamor, it's Yom HaShabbos Sakajo. hence two candles. It also further signifies a married couple, a candle for a husband and a candle for a wife, and there's a very prevalent minhag to add a candle for each kid in the family. So you light for how many you have? Kanana Hara, we have six at this moment in the fall of 2023. So you light the six candles. If you have the four kids and the two parents, if you have more, you add. And if you have less, you do whatever you do for those people. The essence of the mitzvah, though, is to light the two. So many people went away from home, they light the two. There's a very famous story from Ebi Kiva in Bracha 60b, which really talks about the idea of banishing the darkness. But that's not even really the fundamental purpose of the story. But a side note is that one candle could banish the darkness. The Gemara relates, there was an incident of Rabbi Akiva walking along the road and came to a certain city. He inquired about lodging and they did not give him any. He said everything that God does, he does for the best. Obviously in our very difficult times, it's very hard to say that and very hard to internalize that and believe that. But ultimately it is true. Hashem controls and creates everything. Everything is God's hands except for choosing to do good or bad, choosing to do good or evil. And obviously now we're in a major war of good. Israel, the Jewish people versus evil, the moral depravity, the lack of morals of the barbarians of Hamas and others. But everything Hashem does, he does for the best. So Rabbi Kiva is stuck without lodging. He went and he slept in a field and he had with him a rooster, a donkey and a candle. A rooster, a donkey, and a candle only. A gust of wind came and extinguished the candle. So literally, he was trying to banish the darkness. One light can banish the darkness. But what happens? The wind comes and literally he's in the darkness. There is nothing. No more light. A cat came and ate the rooster. A lion came and ate the donkey. Rabbi Kiva says... Everything that God does, he does for the best. There's a whole lecture. We have a whole shear on Rabbi Kiva himself. Fascinating character. Very optimistic in general. So here too, of course, in the story, he's going to say, everything that Hashem does, he does for the best. That night, an army came and took the city into captivity. It turned out that Rabbi Kiva alone, who was not in the city, had no lit candle, noisy rooster, or donkey to give away. His location was saved. He said to them, didn't I tell you? Everything that God does, He does for the best. That is a wonderful lesson in and of itself. A cult, you know, but the side point is, He had one candle with Him. He didn't bring a whole torch flame. He didn't bring 52 candles. He brought one candle to banish the darkness. And at night, it blew out by a strange wind, leaving Him in the dark. But in the end, losing His possessions and His candle saved His life as the bandits went through the woods. 
to a nearby town. Had they seen him, they would have killed him. The point being, even one candle can banish the darkness. The question becomes, even not in such devastatingly tragic times, obviously there's many initiatives now. We brought the kids the other day to go package packages for the soldiers with the protein bars and trail mix and little, little things. We also wrote some cards to send to them, which is a beautiful thing. But there are many, many initiatives. You know, people are packaging crafts for for the families that are displaced, the kids, and people are packaging lots of duffel bags full worth of stuff with this special charter flight, which I think is beautiful, too. Our town does it. Other towns are doing it, too. People are packaging boxes and sending stuff to Hatzel and sending stuff to Zaka, these wonderful organizations. We should never need them. But these, these are very easy times to see how you can help. But the question is, in other times also, how can we shine a little light in our lives? It all starts with lighting and thinking about the candles on Shabbos and holidays, especially Hanukkah, my favorite, in a couple of months, where you light a lot of candles. Candles are one of the only things that don't diminish when passed on to something else. There's a source for that later as well. Candles are one of the only things that when you light another candle, it doesn't diminish from the flame itself. Obviously, the wax can diminish, but the flame itself is not powered less. A candle flame is no less strong, whether it lights its own candle, another candle, or hundreds of candles, provided that it doesn't burn out. We should think how we can light our own souls, how we could bring light to others and stay aflame ourselves. Realize we won't be diminished at all by helping others, but really we bolster ourselves when we help others, especially as we just started the new year just a couple of weeks ago. Ish points out with Lori Palatnik, it seems there is something special about the act of lighting Shabbos candles. A lot of people took it upon themselves to dress in a better way. There's videos of people burning their clothing that's not to the right standards of being a Basi Yisrael in the merit of the soldiers and the merit of those who are in captivity and the merit of those who are needing a Foshlam. But people said, let me light candles in honor of these people and in honor of being a zechus for these people i even saw an example of someone going the ultimate 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 way saying that he's going to get a bris for himself he's like 40 50 years old he had crohn's and another autoimmune disease he said in this merit i want to do something for my people so they did that and people are trying to be macabre different things upon themselves learning more davening more not talking during davening and some people are trying to wear tzitzis for the first time and tefillin for the first time wearing kippahs beautiful beautiful things it's a wonderful thing it's a touching picture when a person a woman bends over the flames and prayers a kerchief covering the head one of the strongest symbols of the jewish people <coughs> is candle lighting and that encompasses what is central in judaism the jewish home it is a moment steeped in tradition as one may remember their own mother's lighting or grandmothers or even the jewish women who have been lighting candles every friday night for four thousand years it's a powerful link to Jews everywhere, one that until recently remained unbroken in every home and every land. Customs vary, but in a family there's always at least two candles burning, one for the wife, one for the husband, one for Shamar, one for Zachar, for Shabbos. It's a symbol of Shalom Bayis. Peace in the home, many add one candle for each child, as it's each is an additional blessing, each a source of new light coming into the world. It's how the Shabbos begins with special light, special understanding as to who we are and why we are here. For Shabbos is our time to connect with God when we stop creating in order to recognize that there is a creator. The entire week we're caught up in a hectic, hectic pace till the last minute where it's easy to think of only personal accomplishments and individual achievements. Once the candles are lit, it is a time for love for God, remembering that everything is from Him. 
It takes but a few seconds to do, but is by far one of the deepest expressions of the Jewish soul to recognize Hashem and appreciate this special gift He has given us all, a gift we call Shabbos. Listen to this fascinating story from Fear No Evil by Natan Sharansky from New York Random House, 1988, My Year of Birth, pages 306 to 308. In December 1980, Natan Anatoly Sharansky, by the way, my Hebrew name, one of my Hebrew names is Natan, so I definitely connect on some level. This is a much, 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 much greater character than myself, but it's interesting to share a similar name. Natan Sharansky was spending his ninth Hanukkah in Soviet prison. Sharansky was serving in a Siberian labor camp, brutal, brutal, bitterly cold place, as a prisoner of Zion. In his ongoing efforts to retain his Jewish identity under the cruelest of conditions, he fashioned a small wooden Hanukkah menorah with which to light the Hanukkah candles. On the sixth night of Hanukkah, the authorities confiscated the menorah. A camp is not a synagogue. We won't permit Sharansky to pray here, they said. What follows is Sharansky's account of his response. I was surprised by the bluntness of that remark, and immediately declared a hunger strike. In a statement to the Procurator General, I protested against the violation of my national and religious rights and against KGB interference in my personal life. I was summoned to Major Osen's office two days later in the evening. Osen pulled a benevolent smile over his face as he tried to talk me out of my hunger strike. Osen promised to see to it personally that in the future nobody would hinder me from praying. This should not be the concern of the KGB. Then what's the problem? I said, give me back my menorah as tonight is the last evening of Hanukkah. Let me celebrate it now and taking into account your assurances for the future, I shall end the hunger strike. But a protocol for its confiscation had already been drawn up and Osen couldn't back down in front of the whole camp. As I looked at this predator sitting at an elegant polished table wearing a benevolent smile, I was seized by an amusing idea. Listen, I said, I'm sure you have the menorah somewhere. It's very important to me to celebrate this last night of Hanukkah. Why not let me do it right here and now with you? Osen thought it over, and promptly the confiscated menorah appeared from his desk. He summoned Gavrulik, who was on duty in the office, to bring in a large candle. I need eight candles, I said. In fact, I need a nine, but when it comes to Jewish rituals, I was still a novice. Gavrulik took out a knife, began to cut the candle into several smaller ones. I arranged the candles and went to the coat rack from a hat, explaining to Osen that during the prayer he too must stand with his head covered and at the end say, Amen. He put on his major's hat and stood. I lit the candles and recited my own prayer in Hebrew, which went something like, Blessed are you, God, for allowing me to rejoice in the day of Hanukkah, the holiday of our liberation, the holiday of our return to the way of our fathers. Blessed are you, God, for allowing me to light the candles. May you allow me to light the candles many times in your city, Jerusalem with my wife, Avital, my family and friends. I added, And may the day come when all our enemies, who today are planning our destruction, will stand before us and hear our prayers and say, Amen. Amen, Osin echoed back. What a powerful way to fight back and light up a life. What strength of spirit and character seen here in Natan Sharansky's story from his life. We too must use our lights on Shabbos and holidays and in general in life to infuse spirituality into our lives and use our own inner flames to light up ourselves, our surroundings, and those around us. Robinson Weinberg points out on H.com that the light at the end of the tunnel is bright. It breaks the darkness. Shabbos also breaks the darkness. It's not just a day when we stop working. Shabbos is the day of the candles, the day of light. 
the day when we clearly see our purpose in this world. Shabbos is the day on which we see we have a soul. The soul itself is called a candle, the candle of God. God willing, we'll see that source too. It is the light of the world. It infuses spirituality into the body and into all materialism. Without the spirituality, the world would be in a state of darkness. It is the soul that connects human beings to God. The soul connects the human beings to God. Similarly, Shabbos is the soul of the week. Without Shabbos, the world is a body without a soul. Shabbos also gives us an extra soul in Hashem Yisera. And many people also talked about keeping Shabbos itself as is a chus for everyone in Israel and beyond. Shabbos gives us that extra soul in Hashem Yisera. You can almost feel the extra soul on Shabbos permeating your being if you look for it and cultivate it. During the rest of the week, one soul is powerful enough to receive the available holiness, but we need two souls to handle all the extra holiness that enters the world on Shabbos. It is all too easy to ignore the extra soul and the extra spirituality that is available every Shabbos and to just spend the day just eating and sleeping, but we need to ask ourselves, is this the most efficient use of an extra soul? The author once heard it said that it's much easier to overcome internal conflicts on Shabbos than all week because during the week the odds are one against one, one body versus one soul. But on Shabbos, it's two against one, two souls versus one body. On Shabbos, we have a real chance, a real chance to be more in control. We have the chance to be more in control. The candles draw us to each other, and they draw us to God. Our soul is drawn to Him, and vice versa. Shabbos is a love song. It's romance. It's a date between God and us. Remember on Shabbos, don't concentrate on your food. Concentrate on your date with Hashem. Shabbos candles also create peace in the home. How? People enjoy the Shabbos food more with the added light. And of course, there's something deeper. Candles connect people on a spiritual level. That's why, again, it was used for the, it's used for Yisker and it's used in current times here in October 2023 to commemorate and remember all those fallen people. Candles connect people on a spiritual level. Souls don't fight. Bodies fight. Candlelight evokes a soul connection between people which creates real peace in the home. Shabbos reminds us that there was a creation and a creator. Just as Shabbos comes after six days of work, our ultimate connection to God comes in the world to come after years and years of work. This is clarity. This brings sanity. Human beings ask, what are we living for? The light of Shabbos answers for an eternity of light warmth, and closeness to our loving God. Shabbos is the goal of the week, not merely a rest stop to prepare for the coming week. In truth, we work we work all week long for this day of pleasure. There's even a tradition to count the days in anticipation of Shabbos. We're getting there. We're almost there. We're here. It's like a bride counting down the days to her wedding, not because the wedding will mark the end of her preparations, but because it is the goal. That's what we also should think about when we say the Shir Shalom every day. It revolves around Shabbos. Hayom Yom Rishon Shabbos. Hayom Yom Shani Shabbos. Living is revolving around Shabbos. We should realize what a blessing it is to have Shabbos, and the candles should remind us weekly what are we burning for? What are we yearning for? What is our passion? What is our purpose? As we usher in the coming weeks, we should think about how to go about this. H.com points out an inspiring quote, and it is noted that it comes from Rabbi Yisrael Salander, the founder of the Muslim movement, who once said, As long as the candle is still burning, it is possible to work and to repair. As long as the candle is still burning, it is possible to work and to repair. Other versions point out, as depicted by Dr. Miller on H.com, as long as the candle is still burning, it is still possible to accomplish 
and to mend from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Where did this quote come from? One night, Rabbi Salanter was walking home past the home of a shoemaker, and it was very, very, very late at night, like maybe 1, 2, 3 in the morning. Despite it being very late, he observed the shoemaker was still busy, working by the light of a single candle. Again, a single candle being strong enough, even late at night, to banish the darkness. So to one soul, one act, one sonic, one person can banish the darkness around us. So Bishral sees this candle, this person working by the candle very, very late at night, and his curiosity is piqued. He has to talk to him. He goes over to him and says, Why are you still working? It is very late, and soon the candle will go out. The shoemaker replied, As long as the candle is still burning, it is still possible to accomplish and to mend shoes. In his wisdom, Rabbi Salanta realized this message is true for all of us. As long as the candle is still burning, it is still possible to accomplish and to mend. It's never too late to change. It's never too late to act. It's never too late to do mitzvahs and to make the world brighter. There's always what to accomplish as long as the neshama burns within us and we have life each day. There's much to accomplish, much to do, much to fix. One of the most inspiring people who are serving right now, I don't know what capacity, in the IDF is a 95-year-old person. I think he might even be a Holocaust survivor. I forget all the details. And he sent out a message I saw the other day a couple of days ago. Such, such capacity for amazingness this person 95 with the rifle around him and he gives a message of chizik to his fellow soldiers and to the world at large because as long as the candle is still burning as long as the sham is still burning there's still much to do there's still much to accomplish and there's still much to be involved with rabbi pakuz points out on h.com many years ago in israel there lived a couple with a little girl because the mother was afraid to have her daughter travel via public transportation they sent her to a nearby religious school Though they were not religious themselves. There the girl learned of the beauty of Torah, the beauty of Shabbat, Shabbos. Incessantly, the girl would ask her mother to light Shabbos candles every week, and the mother promised but did not do it. She would go home late or be out with her husband and never got around to lighting. The girl decided that she would light them herself. She went to the corner store and asked the storekeeper for two candles. Knowing that hers was not a religious family, the storekeeper figured out that she must want yardside candles, memorial candles lit on the anniversary of their passing one's closest relatives, since even the most non-religious Jews light them. When Friday night came, her parents were out, so the little girl lit the two candles herself before the sun went down. When her parents returned, they were shocked to see the two yardside candles lit. Can you imagine? They woke their daughter up to ask the meaning of the two candles. What is the meaning of this? The daughter sleepily replied, Since you wouldn't light for me... I lit for you. We don't know the end of the story. Did her mom light from that point on? We sure hope so. If parents want their children to love being Jewish and eventually to marry someone Jewish, they have to give their children a warm Jewish home. Your actions, your attitudes are your children's heritage. If you love Judaism and live it, so will your child likely. Shabbos is essential, probably the best place to start. Parents are often puzzled why their children don't have the same feeling for Jews and Judaism that they do. The answer is simple. Emotions and feelings do not transfer in the DNA. Actions do. We are a product of our experiences, of our actions. That's why we feel and believe as we do. Speaking, philosophy, intellectual appreciation do not touch the heart of a child. Do not transfer a love of Judaism, a love of life to the next generation. If we want our children to feel positive about being Jewish, they have to see it in the home. They have to sense the joy, partake in the actions themselves. Kids learn far more from the actions they see than the words they hear. You could talk to your blue in the face, but they need to see action. 
Do as I do, not as I say, is really how it goes in life. Do as I do, not as I say, is really how it goes. My kids need to see me clean up, pack up, cook, get ready for Shabbos. Go pack bags for the soldiers. Go make cards for the soldiers. They need to see me do those things so they too will want to get involved. Oftentimes the kids like to help and want to help the cooking, especially food for Shabbos, especially sometimes the kugel. If someone is on the path to being inspired, start with the Shabbos candles. Have the kids help you set them up. We've done that. Let them watch. If not past bedtime, the beauty of the candles and their glow, their souls were sure to be inspired. Rabbi Left points out on H.com, why do we signify Shabbos entry by lighting up the lights? Imagine yourself going to the kitchen in the darkness of the light looking for a midnight snack. The lights are off. You can't see anything in the room. It's so dark. You can't even find the light switch. You can't see or access that snack you really want, even though it's sitting right there. The food is ready to be eaten, but as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist because you're steeped in darkness. What happens when you find the switch and turn on the lights? A brand new room. Midnight snack included emerges. Our sages refer to the physical world as darkness. Choshech. Spirituality is present in the world around us, but it can be very difficult to find. All too often we're in a dark room. On Shabbos we turn on the lights and see the spiritual dimension that has always been there. When we light candles welcoming the Shabbos, the spiritual light of the world turns on. Now we can see what we truly yearn for. Holiness, meaning, and sanctity. When we light the Shabbos candles, we turn on the lights of our soul and spirituality becomes clear. We feel God's presence and His involvement in our lives with the appearance of the Shabbos Queen. On Shabbos, we don't merely physically rest. We take a mental break from our busy and stressful work week. We increase our serenity, our prayers, our song, our Torah studies, and our kindness. All become energized. With the lights on, we can live, learn, and love. Spend time with our kids, with our families, the most important people. With the lights on, we realize there's no such thing as not having time for something important. We must make the time. We make the times for things that we recognize as being crucial. When's the last time you went without eating an entire day? Fast days aside, we need to learn to see what are truly crucial things in life. On shops we internalize the idea sometimes we're so busy driving that we don't stop for gas and then we run out of gas and burn out the car on shops we rejuvenate and reconnect so we can inspire others with the lights on we understand that while sometimes it is what it is we have the ability to change what it is and to make it better on shabbos god always leaves the lights on for us so make sure the light in your life the light in your soul is aflame and turned on soak in the light within and around you to truly grow in spirituality and make good big changes changes this this year as you can every single week because the Talmud and Shabbat sends one says one man's candle is a light for many you can be that one candle that ignites many around you the question is how can you go about doing so in your life and in the lives of those around you Lauren Shapiro points out on H.com, the Havdalah candle, with its many strands woven together, is a complex symbol of the Jewish heritage. The various threads, the mundane and the spiritual, the past and the future, come together to ignite a single burning purpose, the continuation of Jewish life. It also represents a family in the way that the many individuals are intertwined to unite as a single flame that is brighter, stronger, and more enticing than the several smaller parts. But here's the catch. Performing the closing ceremony only makes sense if we've kept the Shabbos. It's entirely appropriate. The first thing God did during creation was to create life, might. The last thing he did was to rest, so the two have forever been linked. The Shabbos is seen in with the candles, so it is fitting that it is seen out with the candles. The author explains that when a married woman lights the candles, you light your own candles on light on, on the Friday night. On the, on the holidays also. Both the ritual and the spiritual aspects appeal, especially the magnificent candlesticks. You could have the beautiful glass ones we switched over, or you could have metal ones that rust, whatever. 
but they are able to take the candles, take the flames, and bring in the light into the home. Nowadays, it's too easy to take for granted the power that light in various forms plays in the lives, but Shabbos is a constant reminder to be grateful for these things. Shabbos is a time to think about the things that brings real light into our lives. Firstly, with no electricity, no TV, no DVD, no VCR, no whatever, no computer, no car, no cell phone, no light available at the flick of a switch, we're left to contemplate life without these conveniences and to appreciate them. We're left feeling less powerful and haughty than our modern lives allow us to believe we are. Shabbos is a time to think about the things that bring real light into our lives, like family, friends, nature, knowledge, and God. Without these, all the conveniences in the world can't give our lives meaning. This in itself is a gift worth, well worth accepting. Fulfilling Shabbos the right way isn't easy, but the rewards are great. It might seem hard, it might seem difficult at first for many, but the Havdalah candle, the regular candles, remind us to carry the light. At the symbolic light at the end of the tunnel, the candle has bound together the Jews for centuries, and it stands as a testament to the faith. And it brings us in and out of Shabbos. Some have the idea to light two tea lights after Havdalah to extend Shabbos a little into the week, which we actually try to do as well, Blin The candles show us how we need to burn bright doing the Jewish way of good deeds, Torah, mitzvahs, and chesed in our own lives to make the world a little brighter. What can we do to make our world a little brighter? A little brighter. We want to make sure that we can get the light into our lives. We want to make sure to get the light into the world around us. If you think about light, you think about the candles, there's a way to be able to bring light. When we think about the candles, how it ushers in the special day, whether it be Shabbos or holidays, we think should think about how we could shine a little light into the world. At the beginning, we talked about different people that are bringing light into the world in special special ways. Whatever we can do, it doesn't have to be outlandish. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to sponsor 250 people to go serve in the IDF in Israel. You don't have to take out 600 hotel rooms or enough hotel rooms for 600 people and families. We should do what we can in any small way to make the world a little more good, a little more light. Shine a little light in your life, taking a cue from the candles we see weekly and on holidays about how to light up your surroundings. And we know that there are many sources that talk about this. Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, Chavez Kol Chadrivatan. This is actually my Pasik I try to say every day in the end of Shemot Esri because my name is Nasan Mordechai. So this is one of them. Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, Chavez Kol Chadrivatan. La life breath of man is the lamp of the Lord, revealing all his innermost parts. That comes from Mishle, Perakhav, there's also another one in Mishle, Paragavav, Pasik Chaf Gimel, Kiner Mitzvah the Torah, or the Mitzvah is a lamp, and the Torah is the light. Our whole existence, our fabric, our framework of being religious Jews is to light up our lives, to light up the world with good, and with spreading the flames of kindness. We have to light in a good way, in a right way. The Gemara talks about in Shabbos 25, you can't even light with tar because the odor is bad and it'll ruin the essence and the, and the wonderfulness of Shabbos. We want to make sure to have good flames and nothing smelling bad. But just like on Hanukkah, we want to light the, the best way. So too, throughout the weeks, we should light in the best way. You're supposed to use olive oil, the most select of the oils. Shabbos points out on 23A. So too, when you light, think about how the best way you could set up and you could arrange your lights in your life as well. Don't have bad smelling, bad looking, or weird stuff for the candles. Make sure they're beautiful candles, beautiful candlesticks. Try to clean them out if you can and do what you can. 
you should be able to do so and make sure that you light those candles. Light the candles. Remember the Shomar and Zohar aspect of the light to be involved in the lighting of the candles. Some people even prepared the candles for Shabbos itself. Shabbos 119, Rav Huna would kindle the lamps. Rav Papa would spun the wicks for Shabbos. Rav Chissa would cut beets for Shabbos. And Rabba and Rav Yosef would cut wood. And Rav Zera prepared the thin sticks for kindling. I myself try to set up the candles for my wife every week. I set up the... The, the actual tins to hold the candles and then I put the candles in and then I actually light them, which my brother told me is a good way so that when she lights, it's actually ready to go and it, it kindles even faster. Simple way to bring in the Shabbos. A simple way to make sure that the candles come in. Why is the section Rashi points out in, in, uh, Bamidbar Parakhet, why is Menorah juxtaposed to the idea of the Nasim? Aharon sees that every Nasi is bringing a carbon. Excuse me, his mind grows weak, he gets upset that he's not involved in the dedication process. Hashem tells him, don't worry, your task is going to be even greater than them because you get to light and tend to the candles of the menorah. The merit of the candles is a beautiful thing. Rabbeinu Bachaya talks about when a person lights the candles, the woman lights the candles, that it's a commandment for her that hopefully she grants her children who will learn Torah and that they will give her physical light and that the children will become Torah scholars. The Hiratzon has a beautiful, beautiful prayer and there's a beautiful tefillah that is a song from Simchalina that he took from that also. Also, Vizakani is from there too. Very cool. Lighting the candles is a beautiful thing. And this wisdom is like fire. Morachos Sadiqan points out, it never dims if you light many candles from it or another fire from it. Like a candelabrum, the Rashi points out from Kohalas, from which many candles are kindled, none of its light is diminished. You never lose out. By lighting a flame, you never lose out by doing good deeds, chesed, or kindness, or tzedakah for another. You'll only get stronger. When you raise up the candles, the candles raise up on their own. Lukudu Maran points out, and the candles are a wonderful thing. It brings light into your life. It brings light into the world. And it is a wonderful way to illuminate your presence, to illuminate the house and your aspects around you. If you candle with good things and if you light them with good things, hopefully the whole existence will be done in a good way. The candles really signify for us in our lives a wonderful thing. The candles signify us the burning of the soul within and how we could ignite those around us. Make sure to be involved in whatever small way you can be to shine a little light in your life and in the lives of those around you. Even visiting a sick person, cleaning up a park, recycling perfectly good bicycles can shine a light. To people around you, holding the door for others, being a mensch on the phone. When you call Amazon or any customer service, say, Hi, how are you? What's your name? How are you doing today? Really simple way, talking to the security guard, talking to the police officer, talking to the crossing guard. Anyone you speak to can make all the difference, especially if you're wearing a kippah. As you think about the fact that we all sit together in this world, we have a way to help out one another. We're all one nation. Who is like the Jewish people? Nothing, no one. Beautiful things, beautiful initiatives we see. Make new good habits. It takes 28 days to make a good habit, but 90 days to break a bad habit. So think how you could implement good things for the year. How you could bring more candles, more flames, and more good to the world around us. Use your light within you to light up the world around you. The world could be so much better as a whole. So even though we're in very difficult times, very tragic, devastating, and barbaric things that we've seen in the past couple of weeks, look at the good. Look for the good 
I implore you to join the Sparks of a Nation WhatsApp group. I could send you the link if you want. You can email me, MaximumTEE7 at Gmail. I implore you to join the Israel Good News Group Aleph or Bet or Gimel Hey Vav, I could send you the link. You can email me, MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com. Look for the good. Look for the wonderful things. We mentioned just a few examples of the tremendous amount of chesed, the tremendous amount of light that is being sown in the world. And Baruch Hashem, many people are backing Israel because they see what a beautiful nation, a nation that stands for morals, a nation that stands for good, a nation that stands for light, a nation that shows the candle, that shows in the Shema, that shows the true essence of good things. Don't look for the bad, look for the good, look for the fantastic, fantastic things that Jews are doing around the world. Mika Amchi so literally beautiful things as you could see. And think about, aside from the terrible, tra- tragic, devastating times that we're seeing in October 2023 here. Think about what else you could do in your life, in the life of those around you. Be that candle. Be that light. One light can banish the darkness. Even if you're walking in the street and you're in your own town and it's a deserted street, think about how you have the ability to light one light in your life. You could do what you can to bring good, to do good, and to do wonderful things for the world around you. If you see good, you see beautiful things, wonderful things, feel free to share it with me too. Maximum TEE7 at gmail.com Again, I implore you to join Sparks of a Nation or the Israel Good News Group Aleph. And there's also a new podcast that we're hoping to get up on jewishpodcast.fm. You're also welcome to bring a podcast. We're trying to get up a new podcast that also showcases only good news, only beautiful news. Hopefully that'll be up soon as well. But do what you can in your life to shine light to the world around you. This has been Tani Talks Live where we talk about a topic for the week. For the audience and members to keep, God willing, join us next time, same time, same place, here on Tani Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani.